Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Say a quick prayer together and we will get started. Lord, again, we thank you for today. God, thank you for you being who you are and what you have done for us. And Lord, today I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word has power, that your word has meaning, and that your word has the ability to change our lives. So God, I pray for all of us today that you will use your word to speak to our hearts and speak to our minds. God, we give you all the praise and glory and honor because you are worthy today. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all, real quick before we get started. Yesterday we had a wedding here. Our dear friends, Chelsea and Luke, that usually sit right back there, they got married yesterday. They're on a plane today going to Punta Cana. Is that in the Dominican Republic, I think? Is that where it is? And we're here in Asheboro, so, you know. Who's the real winner? Because I'm a little shaky on a plane, okay? Is anybody else getting a little nervous on a plane? Thank you, Tim. My senses are like high alerted on a plane. I hear everything. I see everything. I'm sweating. I feel every bump. Kelly and I were going somewhere one time. She said, I think I'm going to take a nap. I said, no, you're not. I said, you're staying awake. We're seeing. We're listening. We're feeling. If something happens, we're getting out of this thing. She said, Michael, what if, what if we're like 30,000 feet? I said, Kelly, we're getting out. I said, don't you doubt the Lord. We're getting out of this thing. So I'm a little shaky on a plane. So I'm okay being here in Asheboro. And I am thankful to be here with you all today. Uh, so last week we talked about Easter. Oh, the reason I mentioned Chelsea and Luke. Let's be in prayer for Chelsea and Luke. Uh, let's pray for their travels. Let's pray for them as they start their, their life together, as they start a new chapter of their life together. Uh, so remember them. Think about them this week during your prayer times. Cool? Cool. All right, so last week we talked about Easter. Uh, we talked about the resurrection of Jesus. We talked about how the resurrection power, that uh, the power from God that resurrected Jesus from the dead, according to Ephesians 1, now lives inside of us. And because of that resurrection power, that's how we can live out a Christian life. That's how we can live a life of obedience, not because of anything that we do or we know or how hard we try, but it's because of the resurrection power of Jesus in us changes our lives. Uh, we also talked about how the resurrection of Jesus points to our own resurrection, both uh, spiritually, how when we accept Christ, when we put our faith in Jesus, our spirits that are dead become alive because they have been connected with Jesus, because our sins have been forgiven, our soul has been washed clean by the blood that was paid for you and for me. And because of that, our spirits have been resurrected, and we will also be resurrected uh, physically. The Bible talks about one day Jesus will come back and be in the clouds, and those that are dead in Christ will resurrect, will rise from the grave, and they will meet us, those of us 
maybe, you don't know, that's alive in Christ then, we will meet them in the air, and then we will go to heaven forever with our glorified bodies and be in heaven with Jesus forever. Amen. What a day. What a day that will be. Okay, listen, I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up. Today we're talking about what happened after Jesus' resurrection, how the church started. Next week we're going to talk about where the church is today. And then the following week we're going to talk about um, uh, where the church is going in the future. And that is when we're going to talk about uh, the rapture and we're going to talk about heaven and we're going to talk about Jesus coming back and the sound of the trumpet and all of that good stuff in three weeks. Um, So we will sing that song. Tammy, you be ready. You be ready, girl. I'm ready. I've already told Alex to get it ready. So in three weeks, we're singing that old hymn. Um, But today we want to look at how the church started and why the church started. So um, we have Jesus resurrected from the dead. Uh, The Bible says that Jesus hung around for 40 days post-resurrection. We talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 15 last week, where there was evidence of Jesus being alive. The evidence is the empty tomb. The evidence is people saw Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 says that he met with a group of 500 people. You have 500 or 1,000 eyes right there that saw Jesus and that were evidence and testified to the fact that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. He hung around for 40 days after his resurrection. And then you get to the book of Acts. You get to Acts chapter 1. And this is what happens. Jesus tells his disciples, he said, you stay in Jerusalem. I want you to stay here right where we're at. But I'm, something's coming for you. You're not going to stay by yourself. But the Holy Spirit is going to come here and meet you here in this place. And then all of a sudden, Jesus ascends from Jerusalem up to heaven and he's gone. We don't see the physical person of Jesus again in Scripture. But you have the disciples here uh, in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 1. You get to Acts chapter 2, and what you see is is Peter. He preached about Jesus. He went onto the streets of Jerusalem. He shared Jesus. He preached the resurrection of Jesus. He preached the gospel of Jesus. And the Bible says that about 3,000 people came to believe, came to faith that day in Acts chapter 2, um, because of the Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of Peter preaching to Jesus, in, preaching Jesus in that very place. So that, my friends, is where the church started. That's where people started meeting together. That's where people started meeting in groups, and where the church started. So two things we want to cover this morning. Number one is why the church started, and two, how the church started. So why the church started is found in the book of Matthew. It's found in Jesus says these words after his resurrection. Matthew uh, chapter 28 says this. Then Jesus came to them, them being the disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of age. There is your answer to why church started. That's your answer to why we, you and I are here today 2,000 years after this. This is the reason we get up every morning on Sundays and put clothes on and brush our teeth and maybe get a quick bite of breakfast, spray on some perfume, get in the car, drive up 64, 
Maybe have somebody on your bumper a little too close. Maybe you ride their bumper a little too close. Maybe you come from across town or you come from another town or maybe you come from a couple towns away to get here. You do that. We do that because of this reason right here. Jesus says, all authority I have, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to baptize people, and I want you to teach. Why do we have church? We have church so that we can make disciples. We have church so that we can baptize, and we have church so that we can teach the Word of God, so that we can teach the Scripture, so that we can teach Jesus. That's why we do what we do. The more important, no, 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 let me rephrase. The thing I want to focus on more than that today is not so much why we do what we do, but how we do what we do. How the church started. How these guys that 40 days earlier were running for their life were scared to death. Peter denying Jesus. All the other disciples fleed. Judas hung himself. How these guys went from that to here starting the church. And we read that in Acts chapter 2, verse 40. Let's go to verse 40. So this is the end of Peter preaching um, in Acts chapter 2. This is what it says. With many other words he warned them and he placed with them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled in all, with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's your first church meeting post-resurrection. That's your first church meeting after Jesus resurrected from the dead, the Holy Spirit come down, and we see that all it was, Peter preached Jesus. Thousands, 3,000 people become believers that day. They were baptized and then you read in verse 42 that those people, those 3,000 people, were devoted to each other, devoted to the Word, and devoted in prayer. You want to know how the church got started? It got started with people that were simply devoted to Jesus. You know what devoted means, right? The biblical definition of devoted is, is set apart for the Lord. It's specifically designed for the Lord. There's nothing else that, that can control what's been devoted to the Lord except the Lord, right? Think of the temple. In the Old Testament, we see in the, in the, uh, in the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, we see God kind of lay out the design of the, the temple. He, he's very detailed in the way, the size of the temple, the way it's to be built, the way the furniture's in there, what type of furniture, all the candlesticks, the, uh, the, uh, the ark was in there. Everything that God wanted in there was in there, and they did it exactly the way God wanted him to do it. And we see in the New Testament that the whole temple, the central part of the temple was not the priest was not the second priest, was not the assistant priest. It was God himself. Everything that the temple did was focused on God and God himself. The temple was made for God. The temple was made by God. The temple was focused on God. 
preached God, prayed to the Father. Everything that had to do in that temple was devoted and was, um, was centrally aimed towards God himself. Now, what's the point? Here's the point. The church is the exact same way. This first church in Acts 2 was devoted to God, was devoted to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Everything that they did was centralized, centrally focused on Jesus Christ. Nothing else mattered. The parking lot didn't matter. Running out of coffee didn't matter. Not having sprinkled donuts didn't matter. Where you sat didn't matter. Whether we had a full band or a piano didn't matter. We had air conditioning or, or no heat didn't matter. Lights or TV doesn't matter. Because they were devoted to Jesus Christ. They were set aside. They were devoted to Jesus. Nothing else was as important. Nothing else carried as much weight. Nothing else mattered except the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's how the church started, was out of devotion and obedience to Jesus Christ. Man, oh man, how the church has changed in the last 2,000 years. Right? Can we be a little honest today? Sadly today, and we're going to talk about this next week, where the church is today. Sadly today, there's a lot of other stuff that matters in the church today other than Jesus Christ. Sadly today, we're worried about electricity. <laughs> we're worried about outside stuff. The weather keeps us from coming to church. It's rainy, I can't go. It's too nice, I can't go. It's too hot, can't go. Too cold, can't go. Parking lot keeps us from Jesus. Ain't nowhere to park. Got to park in the grass. Got to park in the mud. Got to park across the street. Got to park down the street. Too many people. Ain't nowhere to sit. Bill Santilli's at church. I ain't going. <laughs> All right. Shoot. Larry Johnson's at church. I ain't going where Larry Johnson is. You couldn't pay me enough to get me in the same building as Larry Johnson. No chance. We have all these things that affect church today. When the church started 2,000 years ago, none of that stuff mattered because they were devoted to Jesus. They chose Jesus over everything else. Remember, they're in Jerusalem. Jesus told the, the disciples, you stay in Jerusalem. What happened 40 days previous in Jerusalem? What? Both. <laughs> Both. Jesus was crucified 40 days. Technically, it was 50 because it was 10 days between Jesus' ascension and the day at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. But for the sake of our story, 40 days earlier, Jesus was crucified. These same disciples did what? Left scattered. Why? Because they thought they would end up the same way Jesus did. They were scared to death. And Jesus says, I want you to stay here. I want you to stay in this city. I want you to stay right where they're at. Then we get to Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes down. Peter goes outside on the street in public where Roman golfers are. The same place where Jesus was just crucified. And he's preaching about the resurrection power 
of Jesus. Why? Because he was devoted. Because he was set apart. Because he loved the Lord and he did whatever it took to follow Jesus. The other stuff didn't matter. He chose Jesus over his family. They chose Jesus over their career. They chose Jesus over their hobbies. They chose Jesus over their own life. And ultimately, they chose Jesus over their own death because they believed in the resurrection power that they just saw 40 days before, and it changed their life. So how did the church start? The church started with devoted people. People that love the Lord and people that put Jesus first. So the scripture tells us in Acts 40, Acts 2, verse 42, tells us three things they were devoted to. Number one, it says they were devoted to the apostles' teachings. They were devoted to the word of the Lord. The church started with God's word. The church started with the teachings of the prophets. The church started with what you and I today call our Bible because the word says they were devoted to the word. Can I encourage you this morning that if you do not read the scripture, we need to start reading the scripture together. Let me help you. Let somebody help you start reading the scripture. Why? Because this right here can change your life. Now, for those of you that have never read Scripture before, you're thinking, what's the big deal? It's just a book. We can go up here to, what's the bookstore at the mall? Books a Million. We can go to Books a Million and get any book in there. I can learn how to lose weight. I can learn how to cook. I can learn how to fix a car. I can learn how to hook up a TV. I can learn how to put together a bookshelf. I can learn anything I want to learn at Books a Million. Yeah, you can. And there's some good books there. I love going over to Books a Million. I love it. But those books don't do anything for your heart. Those books don't do anything for your soul. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that this book is alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. It's so, so sharp, Hebrews says, that it can cut to the soul and spirit, to the joint and marrow. This book is the only book in the world that you can read that does something on the inside of you, and because of what it does on the inside of you, it produces life change on the outside of you. Because what you see here is not words printed on a page in ink. What you see here is God's word inspired by me or inspired by God, written by men, that we have the ability today to connect our lives with the word, the spoken word of God with this book. I hope you know today that the answer to all of our problems, the answer to all of your problems is found right here. And like I said earlier, Unless you've never been a scripture reader, you think I'm absolutely crazy. Because there was a time when I heard the same sermon preached, and I thought, man, stop it. You're just reading a book. You're learning about a book. And then one day, the Lord changed my life, May 28th, year 2000. And I got one of these books, and I started reading one of these books. And I look back at my life on May the 27th, <coughs> year 2000, to today, What's the day? April the whatever. 20, what is it? 24th, 2022. And I think that's a totally different guy 
And it's not because I did anything different, but it's because this changed my life. Not just reading it, but letting it become in my heart, letting it soak in my heart. You may be saying today to yourself, like, that sounds really good, but man, my life is in a tough spot. I would say, have you been reading the Word? You may would say, well, you don't understand, my family is torn to pieces. Have you been in the Word? My kids have gone slap crazy. Have you been in the Word? Bro, you don't know my marriage. You don't know what he said to me. You don't know what she did to me. Have you been in the Word? My finances are in the tank. Have you been in the Word? Every answer to your life is found right here in these pages. And you will never know it until you read it. We see that these guys in the first church in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 says they were devoted to the, God, to the teachings of the apostles. They were devoted to the Word. Number two, we see that they were devoted to each other. They were devoted in fellowship. The Bible says that they were together. They lived together. They worked together. They broke bread together. They didn't just meet once a week on Sunday mornings, but they met every single day together. They read the Word together. They loved each other. They shared meals together. They sold property to help each other out. They lived life together. They were devoted to the Word, and they were devoted to each other. How can I tell you that is how it heaven is going to be like? Because in this day, there were 3,000 new believers that day, different races, different genders, obviously male and female, different religions, past religions, different social statuses. All of them were there together. None of that mattered because they simply loved each other, and they were devoted to living life together. And that, my friends, is what heaven's going to be like. There's no Westland Church in heaven, right? There's no Methodist Church in heaven. There's no Church of God in heaven. There's no Pentecostal Church in heaven. There's no Catholic Church in heaven. There's the church. There's you and me, believers. There's going to be people there that look like me. There's going to be people there that look like Bill. There's going to be people there that look like William. There's going to be people there that act like me. There's going to be people there that act like Tammy of all people. We're all going to be there together. There's nothing going to be there to divide us. There's nothing going to be there to separate us. There's going to be no sin there that causes division in the church. There's going to be nobody arguing about what kind of music's being played. There's going to be nobody arguing and dividing anything. It's going to be me and you together in heaven, worshiping Jesus together. That's how the first church started, and that's how the last church will end in heaven. You and me together, nothing separate us. But that's not what we see today, right? Uh, I can list about 20 different things of how we separate people today, and I hate them all. And we may do that next week because that's next week's topic. <laughs> that's next week's topic. We see the first church was devoted to the Word. They were devoted to each other. They shared with each other. They loved each other. They forgave each other. 
They helped each other. They simply lived life together. And finally, number three, we read in Acts 2.42 that they were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to the word. They were devoted to each other. And they were devoted to prayer. Can I tell you one thing that we need to do more is pray. One thing that we as a church need to do more is pray. One thing that I've been challenged with and I will challenge you with to do more in your individual life is pray. One thing that the church as a whole, not just our church, but the church as a whole needs to do more of is pray. You may be thinking, Michael, I pray a lot. Great. Do some more. Do some more. Prayer is the power of heaven being unleashed in our lives today. The only way we can unleash heaven today in our life is through prayer. You know, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, you know, he went over through the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it, is, as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. That line in there about uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that only happens through prayer. You can only get the kingdom of heaven here on earth through prayer. And we see that these guys were devoted to the word, devoted to each other, and devoted to the power of prayer. So what we want to do today is we want to pray with you and for you. We're going to put this into practice today. This is how the church started. This is the kind of church that we want to be, a church that's devoted to the word, a church that is devoted to each other, and a church that's devoted to prayer. So we are going to pray with you and for you today. Now, usually we've done this. Um, we did this for a little while where we got, got together and prayed before I preached. You guys remember doing that a while back? So today we want to do that a little different. Today I want to give you a chance to share your prayer request with our brothers and sisters. Um, the word says, we just read how these, the first church was devoted to each other. One of the parts about being devoted to each other is to pray for each other. We cannot pray for you unless we know what to pray for you about. So what we want to do, you don't have to share anything that you don't want to share, but I do believe there is power in humbleness. I know those two words kind of seem like they clash. There is power in humbleness. When we understand that we need people praying for us, and when we humble ourselves enough that we can share, we don't have to go into great details about what we need prayer for, but when we can humble ourselves enough that we can share with our brothers and sisters beside of us some struggles that we face and let them know that we need them and they need us, then I believe the power of heaven is activated through the prayers in our life today. So if you have a prayer need that you would like to share quickly, we're not going to take 30, 45 minutes doing this, but if you have a prayer need that you would like to share, can you just raise your hand real quickly? There we go. All right, y'all look around. Those of us that do not have our hand, those of us that do not have our hand up, let's go gather around and we will close our service this way. Um, we're just going to pray for our brothers and sisters. Um, let's go pray blessings, healing, direction um, over them. And we will uh, we'll close this way. So here we go. Stand up. Everybody put your hands back up. They had your hands raised. 
Go find someone that has their hands up. Callie. Callie, come up here and play a piano. Just place it. We'll do that to cross over. It don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Kelly's going to play, uh, and I want you to, us to take one minute. I want you to pray for, for the person you are with. If you don't know their name, ask them their name. I hope you know their name anyway, but if, in case you don't, just say, hey, what's your name real quickly so we can pray for you. So take one minute, you pray for them, uh, and, then, and then I will close us in prayer. Cool? Cool. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, again, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for you. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the power that's found in these words. We thank you for the life that's found in these words. We thank you for the healing and the direction and the peace and the hope and the joy that's found in your word. God, we thank you for these disciples and believers we thank you for their devotion and God we thank you for 2,000 years worth of people who believed worth of people who lived out for us to be here today God we thank you for our church thank you for how the church started thank you for why the church started and Lord we pray today, that we will carry on your mission of making disciples, of baptizing, and teaching your word. God, we come to you now as people, as followers, as believers, as your sons and daughters, letting you know that we need your help. God, I pray for the unspoken request. Lord, I pray that you will meet whatever need they have in their life. We don't need to know because we know that you already know. So God, I pray today. God, I pray today that you would help us to know that you are the great provider that you are the creator and sustainer of life, that you are the God of heaven, and you are more than enough today to take care of any need that we find ourselves with today. God, I pray for my brother Ed. God, we pray for healing for Ed. 
God, we pray for Tammy's mom. We pray for Tim's daughter. God, I pray for healing. I pray for reconciliation. I pray for forgiveness and love and grace and mercy on their family. Lord, I pray for Lori. God, I pray that your hand would be upon her. God, I pray for comfort and peace on Lori. God, I pray for Robert and Nancy Stover. I pray for Landon and Sherry and Haley. God, we pray nothing but blessings over them. God, we pray for healing. We pray for provision. We pray for peace and comfort and direction for them as well. Lord, I pray for my friend Tisha and Carly. God, I pray that you would move in their life. I pray that you would do a work where our words cannot. Lord, I pray for William. God, I pray for his healing. I pray you'll be with the doctors. I pray you'll tell them what's wrong with William, and you will show them how to fix it. God, we believe that you are the great healer. God, your word says that you formed William's body together while he was still in his mother's womb. Lord, you formed him. Lord, you can heal him. God, we pray for healing today. God, I pray for all of us. I pray for my family, my brothers and sisters today, God, that we will find ourselves, that we will commit ourselves to being devoted believers, to being believers that have been set aside for you and for you only. God, help us to push aside anything that gets in our way. Help us to push push back anything that stops us, any roadblock, anything that comes in between me and you. Lord, remove it out of my life today. God, help us to be devoted to your word. Help us be devoted to each other. God, help us to be, to be devoted to prayer. God, we love you so much. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you that we haven't just spent the last five minutes of our life talking into the space and nobody hears and nothing's going to be done. But God, we've spent the last five minutes today talking to the creator of the universe, talking to the one that holds us all together. God, your word says that you hear us and you will take care of your sons and daughters. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name.